0: Well, thank you, children. You can take off to your classrooms. Have a fun time this morning. Hallelujah. Well, why don't we pray? Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place here this morning. We thank you that your goodness does surround us. Your favor goes before us each and every day. It's already prepared a place for us before we even enter in. And so right now, Father, you knew we were going to be here before we even knew we got here. You've already prepared exactly what we need for this morning. And so we just thank you and we take a moment just to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, how is that? everybody doing this morning? We're going to continue on in our series on the Holy Spirit. I I believe, I think I've lost track, I think we're at like week seven on this and we've still got so much more that we want to cover. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is just so good, and it's an endless source of of topics, of things we could talk about with Him, because He is your, your, as I said last week, He is your cheat card. Jesus said it's to your advantage that He goes away so that the Holy Spirit will be sent to you, and that He's going to show you things to come, He's going to bring things to your remembrance, He's going to lead and guide you into all truth, He's going to lead you into peace, He's going to show you how to glorify the Father, the Holy Spirit. Is like the ultimate cheat card. If you don't know something, he can teach you, he can reveal something to you. You don't have to be blindsided by things. He fills in the gaps when we just learn to listen and we we slow down and we figure okay, okay, what should I be doing? And I think that's a big question for a lot of people. You know, we we just do so much stuff and we run, 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 run. You know, and even when it comes to our church, you know, most people say that it's we become faster food society in our church we come in for two shakes in a roll and then we're out the door and you know sometimes it's just good for us to slow down and say Holy Spirit what is it that you're you're wanting to do there's so many things that I could do but what is the best way what is the highest way for me today You know, I was thinking about a quote from Corrie Ten Boom this week and she was a a Dutch Christian who, she was hiding uh, Jewish people during World War II and then she ended up getting arrested and thrown into the concentration camps and one of the things that she said reflecting back on her life was, "...trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all works." But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the ministry of Jesus just flows out from you. And so when we do it in our our own strength, it's like sometimes we can be hitting on the wall. And it's like, God, why aren't things happening the way that I want them to? Or I haven't had those breakthroughs that I was expecting to see. And he's saying, you need to let go. Step back. And let the ministry of Jesus flow out of you through the Holy Spirit. Because that's what Jesus said. He said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And he said in reference to the Holy Spirit. There should be life that's flowing out from you to the situations in your life. This life flowing out to those around you. And we really live in a world where it's like it's all about us. We've become so very self centered. But God is wanting to work through you to others around you. He's got a job, He's got a mission for you on this earth while you're here. You have a purpose, there are people that only you can reach. And, you know, I, I don't think when we, when we get to heaven, we're going to be like, oh, I regret taking time to talk to that person. I regret taking time to be good to that person. No, when we see the fruit of what God has been able to do through us while we were here on this earth, I think we're just going to be like, oh, God, thank you for giving me that opportunity. So the Holy Spirit wants to flow through you when you let him. He wants to lead you if you'll let Him. He wants to show you things to come if you'll let Him. And Jesus said, I'm I'm not going to speak to you in a figurative language. We know that a lot of his teaching he did in parables and stories, and the disciples said, like, I don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. And Jesus would have to explain it. But now he's saying, when he's teaching them about the Holy Spirit, in John chapter 16, he says, I'm not going to speak to you figuratively anymore. I'm going to speak to you plainly about the Father. He wants to speak plainly to you. He's not making it difficult and you know, for a lot of Christianity, they look and they, we, we get this mentality that, well, you, you just never know what God's going to do. You can't know what's around the corner. And I understand where they get that idea, but it's a wrong idea. It stands in contrast to what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. If he's going to lead you into all truth, he'll do it. If he's going to show you thought I don't I shouldn't be confessing, well you never know what God's going to do if the work of the Holy Spirit is to show you what he wants to do and lead you in that, and they get that from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love them. And they say, well, you just can't know because I hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard the things that God has prepared. And so you can read that and be like, well, okay, I guess maybe I won't ever know if, only if you would read one more verse. It says, But God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of God and so we really need to root out some some language out of our of the way we talk and stop saying I just don't know what to do because you do the Holy Spirit's never short on what to do and he will reveal to you what's up next where you need to be, what you need to be doing by the Spirit. And it says the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. We don't have to just stay on the surface level. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal the depths of what God is thinking. And the next verse says, for, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. And so what Paul is saying, he said, natural people know natural things. And if you want natural things, sure, yeah, go ask your neighbor. Don't think through, through yourself and what you've been learned. But it says in the next verse, we have not received the spirit of the world. But the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Why don't you go ahead and say this. I know. I I see. I I hear. hear. I'm I'm not in the dark. And the next verse he says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. If you want to learn spiritual things, if you want to learn God's things, you do it through spirit. If you want to have more experiences in God, you need to stop and yield to the Holy Spirit. You need to let Him work through you. It says that the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And so God is wanting to speak and he's wanting to make things simple for us. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a diff, difficult thing when we say, well, I just don't know how God leads me. Well, that's easy. We can learn. We said last week that the number one way that God speaks is by His Word. And so if you want to know what God thinks, He wrote it out for us. He made it real simple. You don't have to wonder what God thinks about you. He says, I love you with an unending love. He says that he's, if you want to know what God thinks about him, he says that by his stripes you were healed. If you want to think about God's provision for you, he said, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He didn't even make it based upon what you could do and what you can make happen. He said, I'm going to bless you based upon what I have done. And I love what the Bible says. It says that he, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the gold and silver is. Why do we get so wrapped up about, well, can I make it through another day? <laughs> of course you can. Has God? Well, then we remember what the word of God said. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And you know, I, one thing I didn't say last week when we were talking about this is I find this is something that w- the world really needs right now. We are dealing with such an epidemic of people dealing with anxiety and depression and all these different emotional strifes. And I found in my life, the word of God cures those for me. When I'm feeling alone and I'm like, nobody loves me, the word of God reminds me that, yeah, he still does. When I feel like I'm alone and no one's got my back, I realize he will never leave me nor forsake me where it says we where if I go through troubled waters there he is with me and so when we put in the word when we get into those emotional trying times sometimes we just get emotionally tired right I find that the word is the perfect cure for that it just rises up right when I need it but as we said last week that a closed bible is covered ears And the thing is, if we won't listen and obey the word, what makes us think we'll obey another form of leading? When we've got his word and his will right here and we won't listen to what it says, what makes us think that we're going to listen to if an angel shows up and says, this is what you need to do, Jessica, when you still haven't done the simple things? Or you're looking for a booming voice from heaven but you still haven't done the simple thing that he wrote, which says, love your neighbor as yourself. You think about that? You want to know what God wants you to do? That's a big one. Love those you really don't want to. And the more you find yourself loving on people, you'll find less people that you just don't want to. And those you used to think were unlovable now are like, man, what can I do for them? How can I help them? You know, how many times did Jesus say, this is, this is the, my commandment. This is my new commandment. This is the only commandment. Love God and love others kept it super simple. We said another way that God can lead us is by an angel. We saw that with Philip. An angel came gave him instructions and he went and did them. Paul came. An angel came to him and said don't worry Paul. The ship's going to go down but you're all going to be saved. We saw Cornelius. An angel came to him and said go to Joppa and you'll find a guy there named, named uh, Simon in his name's Peter and he's living in the house of Simon the Tanner. He's going to tell you. Too. An angel gave them instructions. And so it's not that that can't happen. It can happen. And so we should be open for those things. But the small morning I want to talk about the one that everybody really wants and it's how they expect God to be moving with them and that is the authoritative or the audible voice of God. Everybody wants to hear the, 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 the clouds part and the voice of God say hey this is what I want you to do and so I want, I want to talk about how we see that happen in the New Testament and throughout the rest of this morning. How the voice of God appeared to men, and, men of old and, and how he worked with them and so, if we don't know how he's done it in the past, how can we know how he's most likely going to do it again in the future? And we've been talking about Samuel. And Samuel is an interesting story. I really like Samuel because you have to understand, Samuel takes place at a time in, in Bible history where the nation of Israel has been following this roller coaster pattern. God would raise up a judge who would lead them into victory and they'd begin to prosper as a nation but then as soon as that judge would pass away it seemed like they would all of a sudden turn away and start serving other gods and like things started to go very very poorly for them and then God would raise up another judge and they'd they'd come back and then a few years later they'd turn up and so they've been following this cycle for a long time now and this is where Samuel comes on the scene and in chapter uh, 3 verse 1 it says now the Boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and it says the word of the Lord was rare in those days and there was no widespread revelation. Why was that? It's not because God wasn't speaking. It's because the children of Israel were on one of those downward spirals where they were serving other gods and they weren't stopping to listen. Even their high priest was a really bad one. And the kids that he had risen up to take his place, they were stealing from the people. They were making a mockery of the sacrifices. And so it's the word of God was rare in those days because the people's heart was not after God. And we were singing there this morning when Jessica was singing at the end, the more I seek you, the more I find you. The more you take time and the more you give opportunity for the Lord to speak, the more he begins to speak. And so God raises up Samuel as a young boy. And I believe that he had to do it as a young boy before he was corrupted by the thinking of all those around him. He started to speak to him young. And it says, It came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was while Samuel was lying down. That the Lord called to Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. And so he ran to Eli and he said, Here I am. You called me? And he said, I didn't call you. Lie down again. And he went and he laid down. And we see this happen two more times after this before Eli finally clicks in and says, God's talking to the boy. When next time he speaks, Say, speak, Lord, for your servant listens. And the reason why I wanted to start with this one again today while we're talking about the voice of God is you notice that with Samuel, when God spoke, it was so natural, it was so simple, he thought it was just a normal person. And our expectation is that when God speaks, oh, I would never miss it. But the reality is most people, if Jesus walked into church today, we wouldn't even recognize it as him. When God speaks to our hearts, he's speaking, and we don't often recognize it because it's so simple and it's so natural. It seemed completely natural to Samuel. So my question is, maybe God's already been speaking to you, and we've just missed it, and we need to learn to quiet ourselves. We need to calm down. You know, when we even look at Jesus, in Luke chapter 3, when he was baptized by John the Baptist, it says, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also baptized, and while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. But do you notice what happened first? Jesus received the Holy Spirit, then God began to speak. Up until this point, we have no recorded messages from God to Jesus. Up until this point, Jesus hasn't been doing miracles. We see a little bit later when he, when he does, turns water into wine, it says this was Jesus' miracle. The Holy Spirit is a catalyst. When you receive Him, it's like He connects that cell phone service and finally you got the bars and you can make a call, you can do some talking, and you can do some listening. And so even with Jesus, we don't hear God speaking to you until He first receives the Holy Spirit. And as we call it a life of the Spirit, we hear more and we see more than those who don't. And after pastoring for 13 years, the people who come and talk to me and say, well, oh, God was showing me this, and I saw this thing, and this is what I feel needed, they're the ones that take time for God. And the ones that seem to go through the bumpier ride are the ones that God gets their leftovers in their time. And I don't say that to shame people. We get to choose, and God will never force us to do anything we don't want to. But what I'm saying is if you want to hear God and you want to have spiritual experiences, if you want to have the Holy Spirit reveal things to you, take the time and cultivate a lifestyle of listening. Cultivate a lifestyle of receiving. Receiving. You know, I've always loved a quote from William Temple. And this quote that I'm about to tell you, it was an answer that he was giving to his critics. And his critics came to him and said, you know, you say that God is answering your prayers. We say that's nothing but coincidence. And what he said back to them was, when I pray, coincidences happen and when I don't they don't and so he had a recognizing in himself that when he took time for God when he began to pray he talked to God listened to God things everybody else said is not going to happen began to happen but he noticed when he didn't take the time for God those same coincidences that his critics were talking about they didn't happen So, maybe you have a little bit more control over the lever of how much you receive from God than you expect. You can have a little or a lot, depending on whether or not you want to give Him the time and you want to open the ears. You know, I like what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1. He said, For we didn't follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. What was he saying? He's like, we didn't make the story up. And I always think it's funny when people say, oh yeah, no, they just made up the story about Jesus raising from the dead and all the things that he did. They just made up the story. Okay, tell me someone who's willing to allow themselves to be boiled with oil without saying, no, 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 I made it up. Tell me someone who had their skin off their body and didn't say, wait, okay guys, it was all a lie. Or someone who was run through with a spear or was crucified upside down. When you look at the deaths that the apostles faced, they didn't go quietly other than John. Only one to die of old age. They were all murdered very brutally and not one of them said, sorry guys, we made it all up. I'm really sorry it happened. No, Peter says we didn't make this up. We were eyewitnesses of His majesty. In the next verse he says, for we received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to Him from excellent glory saying this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now, you read that last part and you think, oh, that's what God at when he got baptized. But then Peter says, and we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain, yes. which tells me this is not the only time that God spoke to Jesus and said, you're my kid and I love you so much. I'm so happy, happy in you. And I think about myself as a father of four. I don't just say it once. I don't just say, Harrison, I love you. Ben and I love you. No, it's it's a daily thing, multiple times a day. God was speaking to Jesus regularly. And he just kept saying, that's my boy. That's my boy. Great job. And the, the, the place that, G, that Peter's referencing here in 2 Peter is from Matthew 17 when Jesus took Peter, James, and John up onto the mountain with him. And as Jesus began to have a spiritual experience with God, it said that the glory of God began to shine through him and his face became white white and it said that his clothes became white as a tanner could get them and just began to radiate through him and so Peter and James and John are watching this happen to, to Jesus all of a sudden Jesus begins to glow like a light bulb and Peter says to Jesus Lord it's good for us to be here no doubt, Peter if you wish, let us make three tabernacles one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. P- Peter's trying to wrap his head around this, and he's like, How can I make this a natural thing? Let me make you a temple. But what does God do? It says, well, he was still, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and he touched them and he said, Arise, don't be afraid. And so, in most of the examples that we see with God speaking audibly to Jesus, what was he doing? He was confirming his identity. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He's confirming his heart towards him. Yeah, before Jesus even worked one miracle, before Jesus one sermon, God already said he was pleased with him. We need to stop looking at our works and saying, well, you know, God just can't be happy with me. Before you ever did anything, he called you his own, and he said, I love you. I'm well pleased with you. And so when we're looking for the audible voice to say that, you realize that the Word of God has been speaking that to you all your life. The Word of God says the same thing about you. God is love, that He's poured His love into your heart. We see another experience with Jesus hearing the voice of God in John chapter 12, and this is the the part of the last conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples before he's arrested and he goes to the cross. He says in John 12, 27, now my soul is troubled, and shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? but for this purpose I came to this hour. And so Jesus is telling, he's revealing to his disciples that he's going to be crucified and he's going to die and he's like, and what should I say? Should I tell God to save me? I came to do this. So Jesus knew what his purpose was and he was going to walk through it and he was going to fulfill it and then Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. And it says, then a voice came from heaven saying, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. (laughs) I love that. And so Jesus, God speaks down to Jesus. Jesus is saying, yeah, this is what I'm here for. This is what I came to do. And God speaks down to him and says, that's right, my boy. That's exactly. You know what you're going to do, and I'm going to walk with you all the way through it. He was confirming the direction with Jesus. And it says, therefore, the people who stood by and they heard it said and that it thundered. And so if we're going to talk about the booming voice of God, this is the time where that actually happens. Where they heard it and they're like, what was that? And I, But the thing is, here's the thing. I've found in my experience that the louder God has to speak, there's two things going on. One, I either haven't been listening and he's trying to get my attention, or two, we got rough sailing ahead and I need to batten down the hatches and understand that I'm coming through the other side. And that's what's going on here with Jesus. He's about to go to the cross, he's going to endure a horrible beating that Pastor Robin was talking about this morning. He was going to take on all the sin and the shame and the sickness of the world, and God's just confirming strongly that, yeah, it's going to suck but you're coming out the other side. And sometimes God's going to speak to your heart strong and you're like go, whoo, You know, "Okay. Okay, I'm ready, God. I'm ready. I heard you. I'm preparing. We're going through." And so we find that the stronger God speaks. Hold on. That's why I like when he speaks quietly. <laughs> And the others said, maybe it's an angel that's spoken to them. You notice they didn't recognize that it was God speaking. They said it could have been an angel. Again, which tells me that sometimes the way that God speaks can seem super, not supernatural, majorly natural. <laughs> I don't want to use the word supernatural there. And Jesus answered and said, the voice did not come to me, come because of me, but it was for your sake. Who, I like that. The voice didn't come to me for me, it came for you. Jesus knew what he was going to do. His disciples were still playing catch-up. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, and they're kind of like, what? Talking about going to, the, going to the cross and dying and being raised from the dead, and they're like, Peter's like, that's not going to happen. They're still playing catch-up. But the times that Je- Jesus heard the voice of God, it was for a confirmation of and a confirmation of direction. Now we can look over to someone who wasn't Jesus. We could look at Paul who at the time was called Saul who was on the road to Damascus and he'd been killing Christians. He'd been persecuting Christians and now he's on his way to Damascus to do some more there. What he's already done in Jerusalem. And it says in Acts 9.3 that as he journeyed and he came near Damascus, suddenly a light shone around from heaven and he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul why are you persecuting to me? And so we see the light shone it knocks him down to the ground but what is Paul's response who are you Lord when we think oh I would never mistake the voice of God here's here's Paul saying "Is, is that you talking God and the Lord said to him I am Jesus who you are persecuting it is hard for you to kick against the goads or basically he was telling Paul you're kicking yourself against an iron door you're going to hurt your foot, but you're not going to move my purpose. And so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I think that's a good place. When you find out you've been wrong, say, okay, how do I get right? <laughs> what do you want me to do, Lord? And the Lord said, arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must be done. That's, that's leading, and that's guidance. He's saying, you slip, and I'll make sure the second step happens. But this was a word of correction to Paul. So we see with Jesus, there was the confirmation of identity, there's confirmation of direction, and then there is correction. And so though we often say we want to hear the voice of God, we want him to speak loudly to us, do we understand that the word of God, the number one way that he leads us, does all those things? What did we read last week? In 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. next verse says, so that you can be complete and well equipped. But what is doctrine? Doctrine is what you should be doing in the direction you should be going. What is instruction in righteousness? At the backbone of the message of righteousness is your identity and who you are in Christ Jesus. And then reproof and correction... That's what the, whole, the voice of God did for Paul. And so when we say we want to hear the voice of God and we want it to boom for us, we've already got that same leading in the Word of God. Maybe He will speak to you audibly. Maybe He will speak loud into your spirit. Or maybe He'll just use the Word of God that He's already given to you. You know, I, I think most of us, when God speaks, we're wanting to hear how much he's wanting to bless us, and he will speak those things. But I love what Deuteronomy 39 says, "Is the Lord your God... Will make you abound in all the work of your hand, the fruit of your body, the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. And we read that and we're like, Yes, Lord, whatever I touch begins to prosper. You're going to bless me. My livestock or my business is going to increase. And we think those are the things that we want to hear God speak. But he says this in the next verse if you obey the voice of the Lord and keep his commandments and statutes which are written in the book of the law. And if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And so when we want to hear those things, we got to remember if you want to walk in blessing, you go where the blessing is. And that's where God has instructed you to do and where God has instructed you to be. And that's what he said in his word. Next verse says, for the commandment which I command you today, it's not too mysterious for you, and it's not far off. Meaning, he's saying, this is not hard. you want to walk in blessing? Listen and and obey. It's not mysterious. It's not hard. It it is not in heaven that you should say, who's going to go up there and bring it down for us, that we can hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea and bring it to us, that we may hear and do it? But the word is very near you. It's in your mouth, it's in your heart that you may do it. If you want to hear more from God, do the last thing he told you to do. Be obedient to it. Get where he told you to be. Focus on what he told told you to focus and you will find yourself Hearing more. Cultivating that relationship with him. And that's what we saw with Philip when we were reading out of him, reading after him three weeks ago. The angel said, go here and do this. And when he got there, then the Holy Spirit began to speak to him and say, now go up here and do this. And as he did that, he was then, miracle happened, went on, he got translated out of there. As you do the last thing he told you, then you'll hear the next thing you need to do. Because what verse 19 of Deuteronomy says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. The choice to be obedient and walk in blessing is not in God's court. It's in yours and he told us the answer. Isn't that great when you get a test and you already know the answer? He says, choose life. I sat for you, life and death. Choose life. But he can't show you. He can't listen for you. He can't obey for you. But you can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit who wants to flow through you. We don't have to walk this life in our own strength. We can let the ministry of Jesus flow through us by the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that, Holy Spirit, you are what the word says you are. You do what the word says you do. And so I let that happen in me this day. I thank you for your leading. I'm open to hear it. I thank you for you showing me things to come. I recognize it. I will obey. I'll do what you said Father, we just thank you for the things that you have prepared for us. We know that you have good days ahead for each and every one of us as we walk in the middle of your will where you've told us to be. And so, Holy Spirit, we just say thank you. We thank you, and we expect your leading. In Jesus' name, amen. Or maybe you've been watching us this morning via the internet and you have Jesus the Lord of your life. Today is the day. Don't wait another moment. We would love to pray with you. We would love to usher you into the kingdom of God. Why don't we pray with him, God? Say, Father, we ask for Jesus. We receive him into our lives. We turn from all else. And we receive newness of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with us, we would love for you to get hooked up with a good church in your area. We would love to get some connections for you. If you're in the Smith Falls area, we would love to say welcome home. We would walk this journey with you. But guys, Holy Spirit's talking. Are you willing to listen? Well, it's offering time. If you would like to give online, you can do so at wordchurch.ca forward slash give or there's envelopes and basket at the back. Father, we just thank you for what you put into our hands to give. We sow it joyfully. We sow it cheerfully. And we expect harvest. In Jesus' name, we receive it. Amen and amen. You guys are all blessed. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week.